Introducing Bluehost Cloud, ultra-fast WordPress hosting with 100% uptime. Want a website with unmatched power, speed, and control? Of course you do. And now you can have all three with Bluehost Cloud, the new web hosting plan from Bluehost. With 100% uptime and incredibly speedy load times, your WordPress websites will be dependable and lightning fast on a global scale. Plus, your sites can handle even the biggest traffic spikes without going down or lagging. And with Bluehost Cloud, you get 24-7 WordPress priority support, meaning you're connected to WordPress experts anytime you need them. Not to mention, you automatically get daily backups and world-class security. So, what are you waiting for? Get Bluehost Cloud today by visiting bluehost.com. That's bluehost.com. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the HP Podcast, your weekly show about video games from well, us, the handsome fan boys. I'm Ben, and with me here today is Brandon. Hello, slide wearing, short wearing, summer boy. Your boy. Your boy. That's right. What's going on, dude? I'm a fan of the slides big time. Yeah. High comfort. Slides with socks. I don't like slides, and I don't like feet. Sure. But slides with socks? You'd think that would be the best presentation for me as someone who doesn't like feet? Sure. But no, I feel like you shouldn't wear... Like, it's a, it should be illegal to wear socks with slides. Well... Fuck you. Okay. Um, it's fair. And I don't know, dude. I I don't like having my bare piggly owns out. Yeah. Just like out and about. I, I mean, just to be very clear, I don't like you having them out either. <laughs> so you should be happy about the I socks. I would prefer then. you just wear shoes. But if you're going to wear it, like it becomes a grotesque or fashion thing for me. Sure. And, and I think everybody who knows me knows I'm not a fashionista by any stretch of the imagination. Okay. But... There's something about it. That I'm like, that's not okay. Yeah. Like, I don't have any problem with black and brown mixed together. Sure. Like, as far as clothing goes, but okay. do whatever you want. Where, I mean, come on. Who cares about matching now? Right. We live, in, we live in a society. We do. But the whole socks and any kind of sandal thing, I don't know. I don't know about you guys, but around these parts, um, so white socks specifically and Birkenstocks is, is a style amongst uh, youths. Yeah, I, I don't know that if that's like a thing down there as well, but it is. I think it's just a matter of people have no respect for everybody else around them. You know, dude, first you don't want to see feet and then they cover the feet and then and then you bitch. No, you know, when people put what makes like, you they put they put holes in their exhaust or they put loud exhaust on their cars or they cut uh, off their exhaust. Just cut to the make muffler it off. Yeah. So the socks with with Birkenstocks is, I think, the fashion equivalent to that in my opinion. Hmm. Okay. See, so Brandon, just to clarify a little further, my first preference would be that you don't ever wear slides. But if you're going to wear slides, my preference would be that you do not wear socks with Dude, them. Dude, what is this slide slander? I don't like them. You're fucked. You own a pair of slides, my yeah, friend. Yeah, I have. I think I own a pair right now, as a matter Dude, of fact. Dude, they're wonderful in all ways. Dave, how are you? What is your official... I need your 30-second thought on slides and socks. Um... Yeah, I, I, it's not for me. Uh, the Burks thing nice. does bother me. 30 seconds, you're good to go. No, I'm just... I, no. <laughs> I know how expensive Burks are. So yeah. to it's just the way the kids wear them. They, they, it's like an intentional, I don't give a fuck. But the fact the that youth. they're doing it because it's a, fact, a fashion, it's like, well, you do care. That's why you're dressing like that. Yeah. But yeah, no, it's 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 not right. And plus, like the Burks get kind of sweaty and stuff. Slides mm. is a little bit better, but it's still not acceptable. Just show your feet or don't show your feet. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, the the youths really have no respect for us olds, if you think about it. So, this is the HP podcast. We come to you every <laughs> week on either Wednesday if you are a member of our Patreon, which I will talk about in just a second, or Thursday if you are not. And we love everybody equally, but the patrons get a little bit extra. You go over to Patreon.com/slash Handsome Phantom. You can support the show for as little as a dollar a month. A freaking dollar a month, boys and girls. That's about 25 cents an episode. You get the show ad-free and a day early. Actually, kind of like a day and a half early, really. But we've got quite a few over of you over there on the free feeds, and we love you as well. Whether you're a patron or not, we would love to have you in our Discord. You can join the Discord by going to handsomephantom.com slash Discord and hang on out with us. Hang out with the Beastie Boys and Girls 
over there. I don't I'm not the not the actual Beastie Boys, just so we don't get sued or something for false advertisement. Right, right. But um, we're there. We're hanging. We're sure, chilling. Sure, guys. A, a little quick announcement. There's going to be a Nintendo Direct, uh, le- like 12 or 14 hours after we're recording this, and so we will obviously not be uh, covering that, which is okay because even though I love Nintendo, we as a community hate Nintendo. So uh, we, we will not be covering their show <laughs> until next week if there's anything that's still like newsworthy after a week. But I just wanted to get that out of the way. Shall we dive into the news? The things, the video game discussions? I'm, I'm bricked up thinking about it, Ben. Just bricked up, Ooh. baby. Bricked up entirely. Okay, so it says, this doc says that I'm, I'm signed in multiple places, but I'm not. I'm confused. It doesn't make any sense. It does not. Number one, according to PC Gamer, during a campfire chat about Diablo 4's ongoing support, senior Blizzard developers discussed changes to the game's in-game content. They acknowledge that most players haven't finished the game yet. That's me. Me too. (laughs) But dedicated players have been facing a situation where normal side dungeons are more popular for grinding than the intended in-game nightmare dungeons. To address this, the team will increase XP rewards and improve accessibility for nightmare dungeons. Blizzard's main focus is the live service aspect of Diablo 4, with a focus on balancing in-game activities and rewards using telemetry data. The first season is scheduled to begin in mid to late July, allowing players to dive into the loop per hour Diablo 4 experience. Something I didn't include in here that people who are not familiar with the most recent Diablo entries is that you will actually have to create a new character for the seasonal content as well. Uh, So the character you've been using will not be the character you use in the seasonal model. Brandon, as the one here who is most experienced with Diablo 4, yeah. How do you feel about these these uh, coming changes and the whole creating a new character thing? Yeah, I mean, this is something that has always been there. I I don't know. It was like that in Diablo 3. So yeah. you would create a seasonal character and you would create it in that season and you would level up in that season. Right. So um, the fact that there's this huge uproar on Twitter specifically that I've been seeing over the past day yeah. um, or today uh, is kind of strange and makes me think that people didn't play the other ones maybe they're just i don't know it's it's not strange to me right i suppose um and i'm seeing a lot of negative backlash about it but i mean you know just like every other game whenever a new season comes out you're not level 100 right you're level zero i will say i can season i can kind of give some of those people some slack because we know that this is the best-selling blizzard game right. let alone diablo game right. that's ever existed so i know there are many people who have not played previous diablo games that are getting into it right and so it is a little bit surprising but to be upset about it is stupid yeah and it's just like i don't know if most people haven't played the game i mean i'm sure there are people that have tried every character and not beat the game yet yeah but perfect opportunity to try another character out yeah absolutely so yeah. um yeah this I, isn't I'm surprising actually kind of excited for it yeah if you think about it yeah i know they've been doing a lot of hot fixes to kind of nerf the problem that they're describing there where like people are farming mm-hmm. um i do think it's a little scummy to deny the people to play the game the way they want to i guess it's yeah. not the way blizzard intended it to but um uh forcing you in the end game to in quotes play something that is described as a in quote nightmare yeah, uh, I don't know. I guess I'd just rather uh, play the normal dungeons, but I haven't got there quite yet. But um, yeah, they're definitely keeping up with it, which I'm not surprised, you know, yeah. with the amount of copies they sold, they kind of have to. But this is good news. I really, really desperately was hoping for the season to be out by now. But I guess based on the what you just said, it's going to be July, which is pretty close. It's really but, only a couple of weeks. Yeah. If you think about it. Yeah. So, yeah. Um, Dave, what do you think as someone who's not played Diablo 4 at this point, rebalancing all that kind of stuff? new characters how does that sound to an outsider yeah it's 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 interesting you you say that brandon how you know they should just kind of let people play the way they want but you know knowing this is activision blizzard the nightmare dungeons is probably what's going to filter people towards the in-game transactions and and sort of those revenue generators so um but i love when we hear this stuff like i i like when developers come out and kind of tell us about player behavior because the cool thing about um, all these live service games is like everything is tracked. And I, I love hearing yeah. about what those patterns are, especially when those patterns are kind of um, surprising or, or not what the developers originally predicted. Um, the interesting thing about this to me is is they've they've said they're going to make the end game dungeons more accessible. So I wonder, does that mean that 
um, what's in the game now is too hard or it's just not rewarding enough or they're just giving too much XP for the in-game stuff? I think that the the easier content is rewarding more XP. So I think based on what he was saying that they're going to make the Nightmare Dungeons feel more worth it. Yeah. Yeah. And they're patching out a lot of the exploits. Like, you know, um, there were certain dungeons where many, many streamers were just essentially running in a giant circle around this cave, just farming over and over (laughs) and over, and they patched it out pretty quick. It was actually a a hotfix, so they didn't even wait for a full patch. So Yeah, well, it's it's good to see that, you know, they're taking quick action on that because the end game and that seasonal content is what's going to keep people around long term. And answer your question, Ben, like, yeah, I'm an outsider, but this seasonal content is what is going to make me... um, kind of more excited about purchasing this one i actually do whether that be in the fall or something because there's always something fresh coming yeah um so i'm, I'm really going to keep a close eye on on how the seasonal content uh you know what it looks like and and uh how people receive it because it, it's it keeps the game fresh and that's always good yeah absolutely buff the barb buff the barb buff the barb you think so yeah why that's a that's an opinion I haven't heard yet, dude. I, it, I, granted, well, I don't I don't I don't use a lot of message boards and and nineteen ninety six forums either. But so, the Barb is the only character, to my knowledge, and I'm pretty sure this is fact, that does not passively regenerate its f- kind of mana, the rage. You have to actually be hitting things to get rage, where Correct. all the other characters passively build that shit or have stuff. You know, maybe not all passively, but passively in general is there not a skill that the barb can get i think you have to be hitting shit and Hmm. so my complaint with the barb is that most of the big enemies most of the bosses that i've ran into have aoe attacks yes so you're just like oh wow now i live in the poison right and you're like okay i want to do a special attack oh well i have to be in the poison yes so that is my complaint with the barb i agree with that complaint but that off the barb off the barb that has always been maybe i'm talking about my ass here there's a lot of the barb i don't know there are so many AOEs in this game. Yeah. I mean, there's always been stuff like this, but um, the bosses, I guess, specifically. Yeah. So. Well, moving on to number two, a totally different direction here. We're going to go. Ubisoft CEO Yves Gilmont mentioned in an interview that Nintendo advised them to release the sequel to Mario and Rabbids Kingdom Battle on the successor to the Switch console. The first game was a success with over 7.5 million players, but the sequel Sparks of Hope didn't meet commercial expectations. Ubisoft admitted they should have been more patient with its release and that having two similar Mario and Rabbids games on one console might have been a factor. Nintendo generally follows a pattern of releasing one entry in each Mario series per console. Nintendo also stated that no new hardware would launch before April of 2024, but work on the next console seems to be progressing well. Now that's some speculation. Nintendo hasn't said anything, at least as of the time of recording this about a new console in 2024 or not, but that is um, that we know that there's not one coming before that point. So Dave, as the Ubisoft uh, aficionado here, did you and play Switch, Mario and Rabbids? And Switch show. And the Switch aficionado, <laughs> that's right. Uh, I didn't, but it's this This story is weird. It's um, I'm really surprised that Nintendo didn't have more control and say over when and where um, exactly this particular title, um, you know, and I said it first. that they didn't have more control over when and where this actually came out considering it had mario because um you know as you said from the article there ben it's it's you know you get one mario per per console and and that's that's it sometimes you get like a 2d thing or something but um what about mario do you get a mario per console too yeah or just mario mario yeah sorry mario but mario mario i i it depends on where you're from on how you say it everybody said yeah i say I say Mario, <laughs> but Mario. yeah, I mean, this just goes to show, I guess, what kind of relationship that, that Nintendo and, and Ubisoft had, because, um, yeah, I, I'm really kind of surprised. Uh, I'm not surprised it didn't sell well. This, I think this game was cute and interesting the first time, but the second time it was sort of like, I, I don't know. I'm not surprised it didn't really catch on, but I, I think it would have been a pretty cool, um, sort of second big console game at launch, uh, yeah. for, for mm-hmm. a new console. And, you know, we can safely assume that next year we are going to get a new Nintendo console and it's going to run Tears of the Kingdom at like 60 FPS or something. And that's going to be the big selling point and we'll have a new mainline Nintendo or uh, Mario game. So, um, yeah, I mean, I, I guess the question is, what's going to be the other big one? Maybe we'll find out tomorrow. But maybe. Uh, yeah. yeah. Brandon, uh, are you surprised? Well, first of all, I wanted to I wanted to point out here. 
the 7.5 million players they mentioned for Kingdom Battle, I don't remember the exact numbers. I know it was successful when it launched and, you know, there was a lot of celebration about it, but it wasn't like a huge seller. And I think that many of those 7.5 million players came after like a first price drop because yeah. it's not a it's not a Nintendo title. It's a Ubisoft. It, it actually got a price drop. Yeah. <laughs> and a lot of people picked it up. And here one thing I'm sad about. I had this game. I got it for cheap and I ended up trading it for something else. I don't know. Not like at GameStop, like it was unopened and I traded it for something else that was unopened. And I think I got the better dollar value out of it. But I've always wanted to go back and play King of Battle. You know, I never have. But anyway, 7.5 million players. Pretty impressive. But are you surprised that Ubisoft rushed something out even when they were advised not to? No, 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 not at all. Uh, I want to say publicly, fuck rabbits. Uh, wow. They are the minion equivalent uh, in the Ubisoft uh, That's world. That's true. I absolutely hate them. They infuriate me um, to no end. Um, this XCOM's light ass shit. <laughs> but um, yeah, this is fine. I'm glad to hear that potentially there's another Switch in the works. I've complained endlessly about how the switch annoys me so this is good news i mean we assume this was coming at some point surprised it hasn't happened yet but yeah that's just a strange deal either way you cut it to me i feel like it's very weird that they um kind of let that happen in the first place um so i guess they're um kind of laying down the law now that the second one kind of didn't do as good as forecasted so um this clearly means we're getting a better switch and it clearly means we're getting another rabbits game uh both things that i'm incredibly conflicted about um so i guess we'll see <laughs> is it yeah, a better switch or is it going to be a brand new console it's actually called the twist the, the last one was called the switch this one's going to be called the twist Ooh. i hope it's not a better a, a completely different console i feel like the switch can be very good yeah um it just isn't I've seen some speculation and some like price forecasting and stuff that they could probably for the price that the switch released at, you know, $300 yeah. for a little bit more than that, they could put like good chips in it. Yeah. And release it. The, the fidelity is not really the problem on that small of a screen. Now, no. granted, most, a lot of people play it on their TV. They play it docked. Right. I barely ever play mine docked. I it would, is a handheld almost entirely for me. Yeah. I would just like at least 1080. Just true 1080 yeah. out of something. Yeah. Is that so much to ask? Apparently. This next one, I, I have the story here. I wrote the story up uh, to talk about it because I think it's cool. But also, I wanted to just be able to talk about Final Fantasy a little bit. Number three, Square Enix has quietly released an updated version of its Final Fantasy racer, Chocobo GP, on the Nintendo Switch. The game was previously announced to have concluded major updates, including the removal of microtransactions. The updated version now includes all in-game content and eliminates microtransactions. Players who had the free version of the game will be prompted, prompted to upgrade to the complete version, which now costs £39.99. Or is that pounds or is that euro? That's pounds. The game was initially... Whoever, whoever I got this information from was British. The game was initially criticized for its reliance on microtransactions and faced issues at launch. Chocobo GP is Square Enix's take on Mario Kart, featuring Final Fantasy-themed courses and racers. This is a kind of a Nintendo-heavy show here so far. Yeah, Two out of the three geez. news stories so far are, uh, are, are Switch-related. Dave, Chocobo GP, <laughs> any interest in hopping in now for 40, 40 bucks equivalent? I've I've got like 600 hours in this game already so I mean I'm <laughs> yeah. I'm one of the people who's livid at the fact you know I've spent hundreds of dollars worth of uh worth of my money on uh, microtransactions in this game and now I'm being asked to pay for it again even though I, I've spent all these money like there's got to be people out there who have spent a lot of microtransactions got the game when it was free and now I, I based on this article I assume they have to shell out more money to buy the quote-unquote complete version what makes yeah. it complete is it just they've just decided to i think if you're going to be in 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 like a beta or a free phase for this this long it's it's best to just stay there because a good way to kind of lose all of your your players and your um your player base is to kind of pull the rug out under them and say hey i know you love this game but you have to pay for it now um not a good approach i think this, this at the very least suggests that they weren't making enough revenue on their microtransactions and they needed some way to recoup uh, license, licensing costs or, you know, just whatever development costs. So not a good look, not a good approach. You either go free all the way or paid all the way. You got to pick one. Brandon, uh, as the racing 
well, not the Dave likes racers, but you're a big racing guy. Sure. And as the the predominant Final Fantasy connoisseur in the sure. room, yeah, uh, definitely. People who don't actually like somebody that this is their first episode, they're like, "Wow, Dave's a Switch aficionado, and Brandon's a Final <laughs> Fantasy aficionado." Absolutely. I don't know. What do you think? I I, uh, I think I tend to agree yeah. with Dave's take on this. No, absolutely. This is very shitty. Um, by all means, especially, you know, on the backs of a game that I don't hear anybody talking about ever. Mm-hmm. It's just like, what would what would drive you, aside from money, obviously, uh, to make something cost that was underperforming in the first place? So it just, it, it it's very cons- concerning and confusing. And I guess it really does, like Dave said, just alienate what little, uh, you know, goodwill you have with the people that are still playing that game. So very uh very strange i think the idea of it's strange in general i'd even you know it is a racing game but these card games are so much different than racing games but yeah um i think i think yeah, my it's, pro- it's, it's strange my problem with it is that like you now do not have the option to get the original game in its state you can't just decline to well, no, no. If you already have it you can keep okay. the non-paid version and okay. anything you bought or whatever is going to be there but if you're somebody who's like, oh, wow, Chocopo GP, I've never heard of that, but I'm now interested in Final Fantasy. Right. I want to play with the Chocopos, whatever. You can't just get the base version that was with microtransactions. Even if the microtransactions aren't there anymore, you can't just get like the base version. You have to play it with, you have to buy it straight up. Well, Which, dude, again, I guess if there's no way for them to make money, then asking people to pay for it is not that big of a crime. But asking people who already have it yeah. to pay for it is... No, dude, I bet, you know, new Final Fantasy coming out. They're trying to pump the money somehow. A- every every avenue possible, um, apparently. Yeah. Number four. According to PC Games N, the production budget for Star Citizen, the long-awaited space game, Jesus. has surpassed $580 million over its 10-year development period. This exceeds the combined budgets of major AAA games like Grand Theft Auto 5, Red Dead Redemption 2, and Cyberpunk 2077. Despite being crowdfunded, Star Citizen has evolved into a AAA project, raising expectations for its eventual release. As we anticipate its launch, there are other upcoming PC games and multiplayer titles to explore. Dave, Star Citizen has been in development for however long. It has spent, as I just stated, more than $580 million which is the combined amount of three gigantic, super expensive triple A games. And it's all been crowdfunded. Explain to me how this is okay. As I said before, if you stay in beta for as long as possible, nobody can ever <laughs> review your game. So yeah. you're and the thing is, is they can't re- they can't release this game realistically for another 12 to 16 months. Cause if you launch anywhere near to Starfield with a game like this, like it's just, it's not going to hit. Um, I've seen people play this game and it, the crazy thing is, is with all the money they've spent, it still isn't like much of a game. Like there are some systems there, but there, from what I understand, there really isn't much of a critical path or a campaign. Like you just kind of float around and do stuff. It's really cool. It's, it's kind of intimidating um, how big the game is, but it seems to just kind of, have been floating through space for all these years and all oh, space and get it i don't know they're, they're in kind of a tough spot i mean it, maybe they've they've been going on this long clearly they do they're doing something right they're making money they're still funding this project but i don't know how they can launch like ever um yeah and it's a similar sort of situation as the chocobo thing because like so many people have paid for this game for so long and it's like are you going to charge them again or how exactly is that going to work but I think they've put themselves in an odd situation. I don't see them being able to actually launch this game anytime soon. And yeah, I don't know. This this I, I hope you you weren't somebody who's dumped a whole lot of money in a crowdfunding this game over the past several years and are expecting, you know, that big grand finale or that grand uh, ribbon cutting for for this game because it's probably in the de- developer's best interest to just stay in beta for as long as possible. To never release it. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. It's really interesting because, well, I wonder if you were to actually look at the people who have been funding this game, obviously there is a dedicated group and there are many people who have contributed to the crowdfunding, but 
I wonder if you went and figured out the one person who has spent the most amount of money and what that number would be. The whale. Because yeah. there is yeah. there is at least one, if not multiple whales who have just poured, poured money into this. Absolutely. And that's certainly the prerogative, but yeah. Yeah. No, don't get me wrong. I mean, it does look like an interesting game. Oh, I, yeah. I, I've seen people play it. Um, I don't know much about it. Even what Dave said is news to me. Mm-hmm. Um, but no one can argue with the amount of money <laughs> that you just described here. I mean, that just, no matter how interesting or cool a concept is, um, you know, paired beside those three huge AAA games, like there cannot be a Combined. direct. Well, exactly. That's what I'm saying. There, there cannot be three times the exponential, you know, this isn't that much better of a game. And that's right. what's so confusing to me yeah. is that it's just like at some point it's like, where is the money going? Right. Um, and uh, I'm sure it's going somewhere, but yeah, I don't know. This is a tricky situation. I think that they should have stopped 500 million ago um, and just released it, man. They, you know, 80 million seems like plenty. Um, well, I, I but- guess, the, I guess the question here then Brandon is, do they know what they're doing? No, because there's no way I've not played star citizen. I have watched some people play it and I know the people who play it and who are into it, love it. And then maybe that's because they have a financial obligation to love it. <laughs> but like for $580 million, it can't be better than these three games combined. It can't even, be, I don't even that's think it's as I'm good saying. as one of these games. That's what I'm saying is so crazy to me. And regardless of whether or not the, the end product itself is good or not, mm-hmm. that's not really the point I'm making here. It's just, with that kind of dollar value, I, it it doesn't make any sense, man. It just doesn't make any sense. It's it's concerning, and I feel like if it's not stopped, it will get larger and larger and yeah. larger. And yeah, it just, is there an end? I don't think. I really don't. So, number five comes in pretty much just the way of a tweet. Here comes from Ghostwire Tokyo, Tango GameWorks says, from everyone at Tango Gameworks, thank you to 5 million fans who have played Ghostwire Tokyo. Please enjoy this commemorative artwork. By <laughs> Please enjoy this commemorative artwork. And it's just a tweet that says, you know, Ghostwire, thank you, 5 million players. I'm sure a lot of people downloaded this for their desktops. Uh, actually, I don't have any. I doubt that. But <laughs> uh, I just want to bring this up because I talked a lot last year about Ghostwire Tokyo and how much I loved it. And I know that, Brandon, you played it for a little bit. Didn't yeah. quite catch on, but... Yeah. I think it's awesome because I felt like this game went under the radar. And even though it's not everyone's cup of tea, it was a way better game than it got credit for. And I'm I'm excited to see 5 million players. I mean, I know a lot of those are on Game Pass and maybe some of them probably played an hour and then, you know, deleted it and never touched it again. And that's just the way Game Pass goes and all subscriptions, really. But uh, I don't know. What do you think, Brandon? 5 million players. Do you think we could see a sequel? I hope so. You know, for all it's worth, I've described my opinion on this game i think multiple times here but um very clearly a talented studio um and i'm glad to see that they got rewarded for putting out something that was both visually um and conceptually you know more unique than some of the things that we've seen in recent years um so glad to see them doing good always cheer for the guys that put out good content um and yeah i'm i'm looking forward to the second one because maybe it'll grab me something about the loop the gameplay loop didn't really grab me grab but you by the thigh it it on paper was everything i wanted yes by the thigh the upper thigh upper inner thigh yeah um <laughs> good stuff i guess yeah i mean congrats to them that's good man dave you canceled your game pass sub after the failure of redfall but uh why not check out Ghostwire next time yeah, you have Ghostwire Game Pass? Ghostwire Tokyo from the makers of Hi-Fi Rush. Uh, my, uh, my I 20, think it's the other way around, but my, sure. my 2023 game of the year. I'm locking it in now. Um, every once in a Holy while, shit. I have what? That's that's impressive to lock that in with all the all the other releases and all the things coming up. Yeah, I've you're just, just I, a Game Pass shill. <laughs> um, yeah, it's it's every once in a while I get this hankering for a game where like, I don't need crazy story. I don't even need the game, the gameplay to be all that big of a deal, but I just want to go around and like map clear. And based on the way you guys kind of described this game last year, when you played it, um, this is number one on my list when that feeling comes. And I just want one of those checklist open world games. Cause I know this has tons of that. Plus yeah. it's in like a cool setting. It's not an Assassin's Creed or a Ubisoft thing, but it, it's, 
um, you know, got that really cool vibe about it. It's sort of that, um, uh, you know, ghosts in, in Tokyo and, and a bit of uh, you know, cyberpunk feel to it. <laughs> um, so, yeah, this is high on my list when I kind of come. This is a cozy winter game, I think. Um, but, yeah, it's I'm happy to see this because you're right. It pretty much locks in a sequel. And uh, this is one of those games where I think, you know, the first stab seemed to, you know, hit pretty well. But there's lots of room for improvement. So, yeah. I'm um, hoping, but hopefully this doesn't get in the way of the Hi-Fi Rush sequel, uh, which yeah. is also inevitable. I uh, I know they did some big updates to it when it came to Game Pass, and they also came out on PS5, of course. And I thought about checking them out, but I didn't want to play through the whole game again. So did it get DLC? Yeah, well, I don't know if it's DLC, but it got some extra features. It's not, I don't know that it's like, you know, purchasable DLC necessarily. I could also be wrong because I didn't actually look into it that hard. I just remember looking up the mode and I was like, that sounds like it could be fun. And then I didn't actually play it. But Ghostwire, I got to say, as a game I played, very good. I liked it a lot. I love the atmosphere. As a game I spent an extra 30 hours in after I beat the game to Platinum it, I was a little tired of it. Yeah. So just don't wear yourself out, I guess. There's so, as Dave was saying, there's so many collectibles and checkbox type stuff. Very good, but... It was a lot. Too much. It was a lot. Yeah, too much. But I did get to listen to a lot of audiobooks while I did the cleanups on the trophies oh, on, play, th- on PlayStation. Thank God. Thank Everyone God. loves to listen to 50,000 of those. I mean, I listened to like two. They're like 20 hours apiece, okay? Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code SPOTIFY for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. If you're an athlete, you know the greatest motivator of all is the fear of letting your teammates down. After all, a team is only as good as its weakest link. So you owe it to those wearing the same jersey as you to be your best every time you step on the field. That's why there's no vape in team. When you vape, you can expose your lungs to toxic chemicals that can damage your lungs. If you're a step behind, the team's a step behind. Brought to you by The Real Cost and the FDA. Guys, it's time to get into what we've been playing, and we've kind of got a lot of stuff here to talk about. But I think we'll start off with Dave, since he has the things that least cross over with what Brandon and I have been playing. So Dave, take it away. I'm happy to say this will be the last week that I'll tell you guys about Tears of the Kingdom. Ever? Um, I don't. Uh, I don't know. Me. I. Okay. I finished it. I finished the campaign. Um, spoiler alert: the final boss is Ganondorf. Um, oh shit! <laughs> <laughs> uh, I really liked the final fight. I will say, however, you know what? I shouldn't get into this too much. But I really liked it. I did. It was. Um, it was challenging. It. Um, it it require it it kind of incorporated some of the elements from from the game that were unique to the game. Um, it was kind of a spectacle. It was it was cool. Um, I will be coming back to this game at some point, like in a few months, just because I do enjoy running around uh, and doing the open world stuff because it 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 genuinely feels good. But I do need a break from it. So yeah. Tears of the Kingdom is in my rearview mirror for now. Um, I picked up, uh, again, I'm moving. So my PlayStation, and my Xbox are in a box somewhere. So my only option right now is, uh, my switch. Um, so I picked up, uh, a game called cult of the lamp, which I've been playing on my switch. Uh, yes. I feel like it's, a, it's kind of a cool game for the switch. Um, easy to play in, in handheld mode and yeah, it's, and it's it looks a, great at 30 FPS. Yeah. <laughs> it actually <laughs> doesn't run all that well on the Switch. Oh, really? Or not? Um, even though it's it's sort of a smaller indie game, it um, yeah, it's it pitches and stuff, but it's it's passable um, on the Switch. But yeah, it's it's a lot of fun. It's got a really dark sense of humor. It's um, and if, for those who aren't familiar with it, it was it was pretty big last year. But just in case, um, it's an isometric sort of dungeon crawler. Um, well, half of the game is, and then the other half is a city management game, I guess you could call it, but you're not actually managing a city You're managing a a cult of, uh, cute little characters. It reminded me a lot of like happy tree friends, Yeah, Um, dude. same kind of idea where it's like, it's like really cute, 
but it's also like sick and twisted and Dark stuff. As fuck, yeah. Yeah. Like you, 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 when you're out dungeon crawling, you find these characters and you save them and then you have, they await indoctrination and you have to come back in and, and, you know, indoctrinate them. And then you can sign them jobs where it'd be chopping wood or, or getting um, stone for, for materials, or you can just have them pray. And then, you know, they have like faith meters and if it drops too low, then they become a dissenter and they'll try to get other people in your cult to, to turn. Um, and, you know, you can either uh, put them in the in the stocks or the pillory or you can try and re-educate them. It's it's really fucking weird, but <laughs> yeah. funny. Um, so, yeah, I'm really enjoying Cult of the Lamb. It's, it's a great game for just kind of pick up and play. Like the dungeon runs usually are like, eight to 15 minutes depending on what kind of run you're doing and it's not like a roguelike game like when you die you keep a lot of your stuff and nothing feels like a waste of time um but and you know you can kind of you can spend all of your time in the cult management side or you can spend most of your time just in the dungeon crawling part so you can kind of tailor your experience based on what kind of mood you're in um but yeah, this is a really cool game. It's from uh, developers called Massive Monster. Yeah. I checked what other games they developed. I wasn't really familiar with any of them. And uh, believe it or not, it's from Devolver Digital. Indeed <laughs> is, it is. That's the publisher. And this is right up their alley. We've talked uh, before about how Devolver just kind of has like a style of game that they always seem to publish. So yeah, uh, Tears of the Kingdom is done and Cult of the Lamb is what I'm playing at the moment. So that's it for me. The Adventure Pals was another game from Massive Monster that I played and I think reviewed a couple years ago uh, back in the old Handsome Phantom days. Well, it's still the Handsome Phantom days, but when we used to actually review games uh, and write about them and do videos, I don't remember what I did about it or what I said, but I remember I played it and enjoyed it. But that was published by Armor Games. My buddy Ryan over there hooked us up with that. But uh, Dave, as far as Call of the Lamb, I don't think I mentioned it, but about a month ago, uh, right before Tears of the Kingdom came out, like three or four days before that, I started playing Call of the Lamb. And I was like, why did I do this? Because Tears of the Kingdom is coming out and I'm going to drop it like a hot rock. And I did. And but but the probably four or five hours of Call to the Lamb I played were really enjoyable. I would echo everything you said. And I, I eventually do want to get back to it because I, I don't know if anybody knows this about me. I like kind of management sim games. I know that's going to probably going to be a surprise, you know, to anybody who's ever heard me talk. But yeah, I'm glad to see you're playing it because I thought it was awesome. And I want to get back to it. Brandon. Yeah, you've got uh, three games sure. that you, you, you want to talk about. And yeah. uh, when you when you talk about each of them, I'll also chime in because I've also sure. played each of them. Yeah, absolutely. So uh, I guess we'll just start from the top here. I checked out the Final Fantasy 16 demo. Yes, sir. Um, which, you know, as you've heard me talk about before, I'm not a really a big Final Fantasy fan whatsoever. But I played a little bit of the remake. Um, probably about half of it. Honestly, I don't know. Uh, kind of fell off pretty hard, but didn't really know what to expect uh, coming into this uh, and was mostly pleasantly surprised. Um, the concept's pretty cool. I was kind of bored and lost with the story, to be honest with you. Um, that's probably more of a problem with me than a problem with the game, but uh, the combat felt pretty awesome. Um, and by the end, I really did get into the story, I guess. Uh, the visuals are like insane in this game. It has a really cool art style. Um, the characters always look like very weird to me. There's like an uncanny valley. Yeah. Uh, more so than most games. I don't know what it is about the, yeah. <laughs> these games, but they all look strange um, to me. But um, yeah, really cool, man. I don't think I'm going to pick it up at launch, but was surprisingly interested in playing it. So once one of Yins is done with it, I'll probably check it out. But um, yeah, we'll see. It, it it was cool. And the demo was really good, honestly. Like for a demo's sake, I feel like it did exactly what it was aiming to do and got me interested when I otherwise wasn't really even considering it. So yeah. Um, Final Fantasy 16, the demo for me, I was thinking about not playing it. Not because I wasn't interested, but because I wanted to be able to play the game uh without without the influence of the game, of the demo. Sure. But it is the first couple hours of the game and it transfers over your save to the full game. So since I knew I wasn't, I got some different financial things juggling around this weekend and I'm also going to be gone this weekend. So I thought I'll miss the hype, you know, the release date hype. Maybe I'll be able to hold off and not play it right away. We'll see. Maybe I'll end up picking it up. Probably not at least until next week, but all that to say, I went ahead and played it and I was uh, pretty impressed. 
I have I'm a lapsed Final Fantasy fan. I played the first seven and then haven't played any of them except for the remake since then. And so it's a drastic difference, obviously, from the last time I picked up a Final Fantasy game. But I think that's what all Final Fantasy games have in common is that they are different. They're still like in that same world. They share the same kind of themes and values and stuff like that, but they're all different. And that it takes a little while to get used to that. Like Final Fantasy, you really know that you're getting a brand of quality rather than a specific style or type of game or, or storyline or anything like that. But the combat is the the major thing I wanted to get away from this demo. And um, I like the combat a lot. It's obviously much different than other Final Fantasy games, at least for, for the most part of all of them. But the the style of combat in it, I really enjoy. It's, you know, it's more action based, uh, very Devil May Cry, I guess yeah. you could say. Yeah, absolutely. And uh, I love turn based combat, which is, you know. At least, there's been at least some form of turn base in most of the Final Fantasy games ever, but this one doesn't seem to have that, at least not yet. So I'm interested to see how people will react. I'm interested to see how I'll react yeah. uh, for that matter. But I will say this. The, I think the game is supposed to be between 30 and 40 hours long, depending on how you play it. And my understanding is that there are supposed to be about 11 hours of cutscenes in it, which is something that they revealed recently like on twitter in a press conference or something and of those 11 hours the demo is about two hours long and about an hour and a half of the demo is cutscenes, which i was kind of like hoping to get a little more feel for the the combat mechanics but i think it's okay i think it's uh it's a good sign of the quality the story seems like it's going to be solid and the little bit of combat you get to do in the demo was was fun yeah i had a good time with it yeah i'm i'm kind of the opposite actually i I think I gravitated more towards it because it wasn't turn-based combat. Yeah, yeah, definitely. So, yeah. yeah. But you're not... I'm just saying from people who are Final Fantasy, like, standbys. Sure. People who are going to simp on Final Fantasy games. Sure. Uh, they may find it a bit startling of a difference. The only thing that I've simp for in Final Fantasy is Tifa, so... Yeah, sorry about that. Yeah. Yeah. There's so many so many attractive men in Final <laughs> Fantasy. What are you doing? Hey, hey, listen, there's there's plenty of room for them all, um, <laughs> including Femboy Cloud. That's right. Um, yeah, that was okay. Yeah, yeah. I'll what, def- what else? I'll, I'll definitely check it out. But um, I also played Lies of P. Finally, yes, sir. The demo's been out for I think a couple weeks. Um, was pretty excited conceptually about the idea of this. Yeah. Um, and overall, I will say my impressions were fair um i thought the world was really cool i thought it ran pretty well on my playstation 5 um but the biggest um and quite frankly the most important oversight of the entire experience for me was the moment-to-moment gameplay um specifically i'll hone into the dodge itself um I am completely fine with games like this, like Souls S games, being a little clunkier, because um, even some of the older Souls games were a little slower, um, and there's nothing wrong with that. Um, but the dodge was horrendous. I mean, I really, really, really struggled with the dodge, and I was maybe there was something I was missing. Maybe there's an upgrade. Um, you know, I couldn't really find any good answers yet on the internet. But um, yeah, man, it uh, it kind of hindered the whole experience. I did get through the first boss fight and kind of decided to kind of put it down because I was getting incredibly frustrated. Um, and it didn't seem hard because it was hard. It seemed hard because the game, like, I don't, I don't know. I understand it's not a from game and I'm trying to not put it in that box. Um, but when it, whenever it's so heavily influenced and like, I don't know. It did honestly feel like I was walking around Yarnum for a lot of this. So, yeah. Um, all of it. All of that said, very, very, very cool in general. Um, I'm hoping. I'm really hoping that something changes before release with the movement. Um, but I honestly think at this point, probably not that much will be changing. So I don't know whether or not I'll pick this up. If it's cheap, I would gladly play this game. But I found the uh, movement frustrating out the gate like incredibly incredibly frustrating um and yeah i don't know ben what did you think it's just it it's hard because like i said i know it's not a from game and not all games that are like from games should play exactly like a from game but the dodge feels bad it feels so bad 
Um, and I don't know how to describe it. And maybe I'm just like programmed because I've played hundreds of hours of these games to like it f- to feel a certain way. But every, I was willing to forgive everything else about it because overall it was a good experience. But that one mechanic that is so like integral to almost every second of you playing this game really just put a huge damper on it for me. Yeah, I, I played it as well this week. And man, when I saw that there was going to be a dark game based on like Pinocchio's story and that it was going to have, you know, Souls-ish controls. Dude, it's an awesome idea. It's great. And the like you said, the world is super cool. At least a little bit we got to see in the demo. And the mechanics seem like they're solid. I love, I don't know that you really get to see this in the in the demo, but the idea that like your weapons are interchangeable and you can switch them up and have different powers based on that. And, you know, it just the whole concept of it is good to me. But as someone who is not a From player, I mean, I've played From games, but I'm not, I think Sekiro is the only one I've ever finished. I would agree that the, the dodge was bad. And also for me, the block was not good. And I'm, I'm not a big block parrier, but it's definitely, if we're going to keep comparing it to Souls games or to From games, it's much more like Sekiro than any of the other ones from what I can understand. And you need that dodge, that parry, whatever. And the timing was just not right. And the the way that there, it was not responsive for me. And maybe I was just being bad, but after I've heard some other people say the same thing, which I did not hear until after I had played it, uh, it seems like I'm not alone in that thought, and yeah. especially from your thoughts as well. So, I mean, I'm hopeful that it could change. And I mean, it's going to be on Game Pass. I know this is a bad way to look at it, but I'm going to play it yeah. at least a little bit of it because it's going to be on Game Pass. It's kind of like whenever Movie Pass was originally out and it was like, well, it was a bad movie, but I saw it for free because it was right. Movie Pass. Well, OK. Yeah. Did you play on console? No, I played on PC oh, with dude, a controller, okay. though. OK, I was going to say, because some people I was actually looking into the Dodge yeah. slightly. Um, I didn't get any good answers, but I saw people saying that it was much easier. I played on console, that it was much easier to read the enemies over 60 frames. Yeah. And that I didn't know if that's what felt so weird to me, that I was probably playing on console, which was probably locked at 60. I mean, I was playing on PC and I was getting more than 60 frames. Did it feel like slow and heavy like Souls? Or did it feel a little bit quicker like, um, like Bloodborne? it doesn't feel like bloodborne that's for sure the combat itself being clunky is fine but the movement of the character being clunky with the combat really just makes for an overall like bad experience i don't know maybe check it out dave because like all things aside like it is quality and something you didn't yeah. mention, Ben, that I feel like is, is is really cool kind of honing into that Pinocchio. And this isn't really a spoiler because it fucking happens in the demo. And I'm going to say it. If you don't want to hear it, that's fine. But in the demo, you have a choice to lie or not lie. And you know what happens to Pinocchio when he lies or not lies. So I'm um, like even the story is intriguing, yeah, like, along yeah. with the world and stuff like the ideas of it are so cool. But with the type of game it is, I feel like it's going to be just completely in the shitter for me if it doesn't feel right. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah, it comes. It has the advantage of being a style of game that many people love, but it comes with the disadvantage of being compared to a style right. of game many people right. love. Right. Yeah. So, yeah. What else, Brandon? That's that's Liza P. I'm hopeful. Yeah, I want it to be good. But in game, I don't pass. know. I, pass, yeah. Know, so, yeah, we'll check it out. But. Um, also lastly, and, um, probably the game that I've played the most in the past week, um, I've kind of cooled it on Diablo a little bit. I'm not going to talk about it, but, um, the finals, I don't know that many people know about this game. I mean, I was seeing a bunch of people streaming on Twitch, the last, uh, closed beta that they had. And I think we may have very, very briefly talked about it I on think the very show. Briefly, yeah. Um, but we've been playing the finals. I probably played around between 10 and 15 hours of this and man oh man is this shit fucking refreshing um maybe not the most polished thing that i've ever played and obviously it's a closed beta um but yeah this game's fucking cool man uh three teams of three um it's kind of like an extraction shooter in a way you have to collect two caches and then you win the game but it's teams of three so three three teams of three and uh everything is destructible like 
battlefield as destructible. You can level entire buildings destructible. Um, and it also has like a class-based system. There's a light character, there's a medium character, and there's a heavy character. And they all have their advantages and disadvantages. So um, we got to check that out extensively um, over the past couple of days. And uh, just really after having played a game like Warzone in the past six months, just was like an incredibly fresh take on a shooter that I really, really appreciated. Um, and all that being said, um, even if it isn't the end product, I feel like mostly, even though we don't have a release date for this game yet, that it um, it actually felt pretty fucking good. I'm excited for an open beta because I want more people to try this game. Um, and I feel like I know people in my life um, that would love this game, and I'm just really excited for more people to get it in their hands. So, yeah, it's it's impressive. I will say you you talked talked about the destructibility, and it's true. Everything is destructible, and there are different classes you can play as a, a light, a medium, or a heavy build. And each of them obviously have pros and cons. They have different weapons. They have different gadgets that they can pull out. And it's it's a shooter. It's a first person shooter for sure. Uh, and first and foremost, but I think that the focus on all the gadgets, you know, things like gas mines and and explosive mines and uh, being able to use a, a grappling hook and running across on zip lines, like all of those things make the game uh, more dynamic. And there's more things going on than just, you know, shooting someone and capturing a point. There is both of those things. Right. But there's so many other things that factor into it. And I will say that this is their second closed beta. And again, we have no re no release date in sight, or at least um, haven't been announced yet. But other than one match I played with our buddy Justin, I had zero technical issues. Yeah. And for any game that is released, let alone a game that doesn't even have a release date. Or an open beta yet. <laughs> or an open yeah. beta yet. To be that smooth already is yeah. impressive to me. The one thing you didn't mention, uh, or at least I don't think, is just the insane movement in the game. Oh, yeah, dude. It feels they are very forgiving in yeah. all ways with the movement. Like um, Call of Duty recently has like tampered down on that. Yeah. But they ramp that shit up. I mean, you can grab onto ledges that seem <laughs> it doesn't it doesn't necessarily feel like it makes a ton of sense at times, but like it's fun. And that's the right. entire point of it. You just zip around the map. And it's it's called the finals, as you mentioned. Um, the the setting for it is like, it's like a giant arena, yeah, it's like, like a like a Hunger Games esque yes. kind of thing. Yeah, and that's why it reminds me a lot of uh, it in a way with the announcer. I don't, I don't know if you guys remember the Calling. Yeah, kind of like that. Not exactly. I mean, the Calling was more of a survival game. This is more right. of a shooter. Yeah. Um, but just yeah, it's just so unique in so many ways, and it it felt fresh to me. Yeah. Um, it really did. And the gunplay, something that is obviously very important. We're talking about like the feel of a game. It felt good, man. Yeah. Like the gunplay was solid. And I feel like that's really important, um, clearly, in a game like this. The game is going to be free to play and they are already showing you like some prices and stuff that skins and everything are going to cost. And it is not going to be, if you're someone who needs to have uh, all the coolest skins, it is not going to be a cheap game for you. But for people like me and Brandon who right. can uh, play a game and spend as little or as much as they want, it's going to be great. <laughs> yeah, dude. I mean, honestly, just simply a battle pass Yeah, is like, if I'm interested in the game enough, spending 10 bucks is not a big deal when I'm not paying for the game. And I'll, right. I'll get some cool shit. I, I might not have the coolest shit, but I'll get some shit. Yeah. So the other thing that, that we should probably mention in full disclosure is that we are terrible at it. Yeah. 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 I mean, hey, look, we <laughs> yeah. won some games. Yeah, we won. We, we won actually quite a few games. We won some games and, you know it seems like we go through a rhythm with these shooters where like the better <laughs> the, the competition or the player base gets like, I feel like whenever we were playing it closer to the start of the beta, it was l more forgiving. Yeah. Um, and like, as we're getting towards the end, we're just getting absolutely wrecked at points, but good fun nonetheless. And uh, yeah, man, super cool. The destructibility offers for some insanely unique situations um that are just like like I, I i wouldn't even imagine some of the situations that we were in at right. points um and that's just kind of the cool like sandboxy aspect of it um yeah absolutely really really dope that's all you had written down here Brandon. That's is, it, that it? is that it for you yeah i mean i'm playing gt but i'm just getting my daily workout in yeah getting my wheel spins 
That's it. Which is bullshit, by the way, Dave. The daily workout reward, because I don't have a billion cars that I have in my inventory, I have like over a hundred. My wheel spins every single day, hardly give me anything. Yeah, it's a weighted dice. You always get the lowest reward. Dude, you always get the lowest reward. Literally, I think that shit has to be rigged because I will be one tick away from getting a car. Is, I will be one tick away from getting a car. I've done this for like four or five days in a row, and I always get the lowest reward. It's fucking bullshit. <laughs> it is fucking bullshit. I'm going to do it tonight, but it's bullshit. Yeah. You know you're getting ripped off, but you like it. You show them, Brandon. Dude, Dave, two laps at the Nuremberg on the endurance track, and, I, and I'm good. That's my endurance run for the day. I pick a new car, two laps on the Nuremberg, out the door. See, I can't do the Nuremberg because, like, if you fuck up, like, near the end, that's, like, eight to ten minutes of time wasted. True. <laughs> give, me True. A, was, give me a track yeah. with, like, one to two minutes lap time, and I'm, I'm <laughs> 30 Just minutes. I'm good. Rip it around. For me, I played a lot of different stuff, but most of it was demos. First, let me talk about the thing that wasn't a demo, Layers of Fear. We had a lot of discussion about this earlier in the year and last year. It was Layers of Fear, then it was Layers of Fears, then it was, what is this game? Is it a remake? Is it a whatever? I did receive a review code for this game. I had a, 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 a what's the word I'm looking for? Review out at launch uh, on the YouTube channel. And I thought it was great. I never played the original Layers of Fear games, but I did watch walkthroughs of them. And they're pretty much, uh, for lack of a better way to say it, they were like walking sim horror narrative games. I don't really know how else to put it. But the thing I want to mostly stress here is if you've ever been interested in Layers of Fear games, and they are very good um, for the style of game that they are for sure, is that this is obvi- This is going to be the best package to buy them. And they completely rebuilt the games in Unreal 5. Um, it includes Layers of Fear. Uh, I forget all the names of the things now, but Layers of Fear Inheritance, which was a DLC, Layers of Fear 2. And then there's some other like tie-ins. There's an additional chapter. And then there's a... Previously, they weren't all connected very well. And this actually introduces a new uh, story that kind of frames them all uh, in one story so there's uh, a writer and the stories she's writing are the, the other games i just think that the package was really well done and i'm not sure that you know less than 10 years after the games like less than five years after the most recent things released uh that we needed it but the fact that it's all condensed into one thing it is rebuilt on unreal 5 it is 30 dollars for probably about 15 hours of gameplay, I'd say. Probably more than that if you're a a completionist, trophy hunter, or whatever. Um, And the fact that it is like a cohesive thing. I think players who already owned it too, I don't know if it's still eligible or not, but they were eligible to even get a discount. So like that's pretty big. But anyway, I would recommend it if you are looking for a narrative horror or you're a fan of the original games and want to see them all put together. Um, I thought it was really good. Excuse me. <laughs> uh, I mentioned the finals. Uh, talked about the Lies of P and Final Fantasy 16 demos. Diablo 4, I'm not going to talk a lot about because I've just been like grinding through side quests and doing little bits of progression on the story. Um, the thing about Diablo is that I always have somebody I know who wants to play at any given moment, and all of us are at different points. So like, I'll play the campaign for a little while, and then I'll be like, oh, hey, Justin, you want to play? And Justin's ahead of me, so he has to come back to where I am and then I'll be playing a little more and then Locke hops on and was like hey you want to play Diablo and I'm like sure and he's behind where I am so like I'm redoing a lot of content (laughs) like all of us are all redoing content that we've already done but it's still fun because you know it's Diablo you're just grinding once we get through the story no more problems yeah exactly so uh, until we have to all create our new characters and then well then we get to get the story yeah that's right adventure mode it is that's right so Diablo 4 still loving it still playing at least a couple hours a week for sure and Diablo 4 is the kind of game, all the previous Diablos are games that I've just played for, you know, at least a couple hours a week for yes, a year yeah, or yeah. more. And then Diablo 2 is a whole different story where I sunk most of my life into it. I played a demo in the Steam Next Fest called Pool Cleaning Simulator. And I get you guys know about my fascination with Power Wash Simulator, right? I thought Pool Cleaning, cleaning Simulator. There's got to be some connections. And there are. Pool cleaning simulators. Hang on a damn minute. I do you guys remember last year? I I I said that I kept seeing like TikToks of people cleaning pools. I said this in a Discord and I said someone should make a video game about this. 
They actually they did it. They stole your fucking idea. There. I don't Fuck. remember. I don't remember. No, but I believe it, you. It's, it's in the Discord. It's there. I promise you. I'm okay. angry, but I'm also intrigued. Go ahead. <laughs> <laughs> Pool cleaning simulator uh, lacks a lot of the features of Power Wash Simulator, and it is very clunky. But I understand it is a demo. So for me, if they had given me the opportunity, I had like multiple times where it failed and made me start over. Not because of something I did, because like the power washer I was using got lost somehow. So uh, I would not recommend it in its current state. We'll see when they get closer and hopefully it's in better shape for can, sure. Can I ask what, what kind of like, do you just go into the empty pool and power wash it? Or is there a bunch of stuff you have to do? Like So in this particular, this first, you know, this, this part that was in the demo, you got to go in, you got to empty the pool. Then you got to get a sponge and you got to clean out the pool. And then after that's done, they're like, hey, that was pretty pointless. Get your power washer out. So you go in and you use your power washer and then you got to fill the pool back up and you got to put a filter in it. And then you got to fill the filter up with chlorine tablets and then you got to, you know, then it's done. And then there's also like side objectives where in this one, at least you collect all the rubber duckies and put them in a bin and you get extra points or money or something like that. I don't know. But it was just very glitchy and not very satisfying, I guess is what I'll say. Nowhere near as satisfying as Power Wash Simulator. Nowhere near. So, of course, what did I do after that? As soon as I was realized that it wasn't good, I hopped in the Power Wash Simulator for a little <laughs> bit and just Power Wash something I had already done before. Spent like 30 minutes in there. This is a great old time. Uh, the other demo I checked out was Sea of Stars. Now, of course, this is from the same people who made The Messenger. Very different style of game. This is very much a, it's a turn-based um, 2D, 2.5D, I guess you could say, uh, game. And without saying a lot more about this game, I'm just going to let you know that I am going to be playing it day one. It is very good. I know the demo had been out for, I think, for Switch for a while, but it was out on the Steam Next um thing event and i adore it uh it, the demo is about an hour long maybe faster if you're not stupid like me and the turn-based combat is awesome the party dynamics are really cool uh the the storyline even though i'm not really sure if they start you at the beginning or somewhere in the middle like what was there was good the dialogue wasn't cheesy or anything the movement felt good everything about it seemed great and I have no doubt that coming from these guys, it's going to also have a twist or a turn in there after we know what the messenger did, which I won't say in case people haven't played it yet. But there's probably going to be something that you're not expecting that it flips on its head. So I thought it was phenomenal. That was great. I would encourage anybody to give it a shot. It's uh, it's free for however long the Steam demo goes. And I think that it's still got a demo on on Switch. So check it out if you get the chance or just wait i think it's a game pass i think they announced it's going to be a game pass release so that's even better but this honestly this might be one that i'm willing to uh that i'll that i'll bite and and buy the physical edition if it comes out and has good reviews it's spe something special there something going on it's beautiful too absolutely and i think that's it quite the long list of games most of these things many of the things we talked about tonight are demos or betas and that's okay that's good uh, but we got some exciting stuff coming up we got some things to look forward to. I have a love-hate relationship with demos because it's like, well, I want to play all these demos, but I don't want to have any of the games spoiled for me. And also, like Eliza of P, I guess it's good to have a demo, but when I play the demo, I'm also like less interested in the game now. Yeah. So that's that kind of sucks. But hey, maybe that means I don't have a disappointment when it actually comes out. We'll see. But I think that's all we got to talk about today. That's it. That's it, boys. Dave, you got, you've got some things packed up. You look like an art museum in your house right now. You got packed up, ready to go, ready to ready to move this week or whenever. Yeah, this this is the last uh, time you'll see me here, boys. Um, I I will have a slightly different backdrop next week, and then uh, six weeks later, my wife and I will move into our new home. Which uh, I haven't told the audience this, but uh, we, we're we're having a baby at the end of September. Let's go, so, Dave. Hey. So yeah, we uh, died. Hold that information in. <laughs> we motored through the the home buying, home selling, and home buying things. So yeah, this is uh, I'm, I'm moving on up, moving on out. So it's uh, it'll be good. Well, congrats to you and your wife. Very happy that you were able to get not only a home, but also a baby. You know, both of those things are My you know, dick exciting. works. Yeah, your dick def I mean, someone's dick works. And everybody know everybody we know knows that we bang now, including family. So At least yeah. once. Yeah. Not just the neighbors anymore. 
Everybody. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> Not just the kids at the park. <laughs> <laughs> so they do things a little different up there in the Great Wind North. Yeah. All right, everybody. Thanks for listening. Don't forget to go over and check us out on Patreon. Patreon.com slash Handsome Phantom. As little as a dollar a month. Get you ad-free early access. We appreciate you being supportive of us. And, of course, the Discord. Come hang out. If you guys, by the way, want us to talk about anything specific on the show, I can't guarantee we'll take it, but feel free to throw it in there. Um, if you're on the Patreon, throw a comment on a post or something. Uh, we'd love to talk about that. We have good interaction with you guys in the Discord, but it doesn't ever really make it to the show very often unless we misquote Poot. Um, that happens sometimes. But other than that, we'd love to have more interaction with you guys. And other than that, I think we'll see you next week. Bye. The HP Podcast is brought to you by our patrons over at patreon.com slash handsome phantom thanks to our producers grabalicious christian snow rainick chris bylock Derek o nuke dukem brian parrot htrons maurice bays passive pixels edwin castillo boots poot jared josh cummings edward walton charles peterson toby ryland worm hat Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill.